right, welcome to another episode of the world's greatest Springsteen podcast. I am Fisherman, the bootlegger who pays the highest price, and with us as always is Tom and Matt. Tom, how are you doing? Bad. How are you? We'll have to come back to you and find out why you're bad first. We're going to say, how you doing, Matt? Very well, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, that's good. Let's go and find out what's wrong with Tom. Tom, no, what's I, the I said not bad. Oh, you said not bad. I thought you were bad. Did you hear him say bad? How would I be doing bad on the world's greatest Springsteen podcast? <laughs> you know, last night, either during our concert broadcast or uh, or my, my pre-show, somebody mentioned in the chat, that the hosts of the world's greatest Springsteen podcast might have the world's biggest egos. And uh, I don't know, man. I think that, uh, you know, do you think, do you think we're named for our ego or for our content? What do you think? Uh, Matt's got a pretty big ego. Uh, he's from Canada. So <laughs> yeah, we're known for that. We're uh, not very humble people. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I think that's a, I think it's a content thing, but I, I didn't even see who said that. Neither. Um, there's not that many out there. I mean, we've, we've got the best one. I think that there are a lot of Springsteen pod, fan podcasts out there. I think there's several, but uh, I do think that this is the world's greatest and, uh, and we will prove it by episode 99. Let's make that a goal. By episode 99, we will prove this is the world's greatest Springsteen podcast. This is episode five. Uh, so this week was the 30th anniversary of that uh, concert to end hunger, concert to fight, the concert to fight hunger at the Meadowlands. And it was the topic of that other podcast this week. And, uh, you know... We showed that on my channel that that video with uh, with that high quality uh, uh, downloadable audio there uh, last night on the anniversary. But I just want to get it on the record that uh, I had that queued up weeks before that 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 other podcast mentioned that they were going to be doing their show and uh, where it looks like where it looks like we're once again trying to coattail off the other podcast. We are not. We were the front runners and uh, we're ready with that loaded. And what we did was we we watched it last night. We watched it together with our regular audience and uh, and we picked up a few things visually that uh, they might have missed when they only listened to the audio. And I thought we'd talk a little bit about, uh, you know, they mentioned uh, the boot, the missing boot, but nobody mentioned that the woman with the boot returned it to the stage put it on him like cinderella and then tackled him like an insane person oh, and that's to be, not what, what that happened. is totally what happened do i have <laughs> no. to cue it up do i have to cue it up
yeah, you can cure it up. That's you had it right until you said she attacked him. Actually, she he he grabs her. He's on his back and he pulls her into him and they kiss. And and so that it wasn't like she she wasn't attacking him. It was the other way around. And I don't blame oh. All right. Oh. Now, you know, I don't have the clip at the ready, but it will be placed right in. I'm going to be showing that clip right here oh. at the point and we'll I've see how re- who remembers it. Say that again, because you dropped out there. Oh, nothing. It's OK. <laughs> All right. Well, we, I, will, we will check out that clip. And what did you see, Matt? Did you see her attack him? I 100 a hundred percent saw what you saw, Aaron. Uh, Tom. She tackled him. Oh, it yeah, was, it, and it was... a bodyguard guy came out and pulled her <laughs> off of him, like, like <laughs> physically <laughs> ripped her off of him. Yeah. Oh my God. No, he he took her very gently, and Bruce actually <laughs> Bruce actually took her back from the bodyguard, and the bodyguard walked off. Oh, come on. Bruce threw her back into the right. audience. Right. When the moment was over, Bruce was like, you know, I don't think he did anything. I don't think he pulled her on top, but I also don't think he, he didn't call for security or anything. Sometimes they're a little, no. uh, you know, reactionary. That's their job. But uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Bruce pulled her down on top. I think she tackled him. First, she gave him that big kiss. And, you know, and she here's another thing that didn't make it into the other podcast. He gives a huge kiss to Obi in the front row and then rolls over on his back like it was like he just fainted from the greatest kiss he ever had. And I think that opened the door in that woman's head that said, oh, we can just kiss him. Sure, why not? I'd kiss him. Well, that is the that that'd be the first Springsteen video that I would not pay to see. Oh, you kiss him! You, I know you you'd French kiss him. I think I, I don't know. I said this to one of you in a chat somewhere somewhere this week. I've been a few feet away from him a couple times where people are like, "Hey, Bruce, hey, you gonna play some Bruce?" I'm by some connection that I have to you, and I said nothing. I I wouldn't I wouldn't kiss him. If he offered his hand, I'd shake it. If it was just the two of us, I would probably not say nothing. But it was a big group of people, and I wasn't going to be the guy going, Bruce, we got the Bruce. I was just uh, happy to be five feet away and feeling that there's an energy. You guys been that close? You gotten like close enough to get an autograph or something like that? No, no. absolutely not. No, oh, I have not man. either. There is like an energy. When you get close to him, so he's like, what he's, would you, I mean, you did, you said you didn't say anything, but what would you say had you thought about it and, and had one thing to say to him quickly? What, what would it be? 
there's nothing I can say that you haven't heard a million times. So, you know, times three. That's what you would say to him? That's about all I got. I mean, what what can you say that he hasn't heard a bunch of times? You know, the truth is, if I ever really got a chance to talk to him, I'd probably go, (laughs) What about you, Matt? I would say, hey, thanks. And where the fuck is my red hat? So uh, how about that leap of faith? There's something that you don't get from the audio. He leapt headfirst, not not the trust fall into the crowd expecting it at the middle thing where there's no chairs and everybody got together and they, but left head first into where there's chair, there's a chair every row. It was a suicide jump, right? Not a leap of faith. It was a leap of death head first into, and the chairs were kind of far from the stage. There's no barricade, but Oh my God, he that leap of faith scared the hell out of me. And then the crowd was crazy they were that was that was when he lost his boot they were like ripping at him and and when they finally took him back to the stage i was like i know it was 30 years ago but i was worried for the man yeah that was a crazy i I, it just looked like he he went head first into a crowd and they didn't catch him and then he just kept going but it looked like it could have hurt it was a crazy leap doing that leap throughout the entire tour the leap of faith into the audience and the uh, audience audience didn't have the energy to they were all hungry (laughs) to grab at him and take it and steal his boot and then once they got his boot when they ended up giving it back they attacked him i'm telling you tom we're gonna i'm gonna we're gonna check that clip out again they she attacked him and gave him a big old kiss and just uh watched it and uh that's not what i saw all right right. (laughs) moving on let's talk about some set list this week because there's been some mix them ups and shake them ups and i think the first thing to talk about is this is the sound checks i want a ticket to the sound check those are the shows man we got racing in the street sound check we got we got price you pay sound check we got uh uh Better, Better days sound checked, and then a what? few that made it. A few ties that bind, and then it made it into the show. And uh, it looks like Land of Hope and Dreams came back. It's been there a couple times already, but looks like it came back. And some of these things, I think, are going to stick. Yeah, I wish he'd play these sound checks. Right, that's what I want. I want a ticket to the sound check. 
about the well, sound check show. Hey, I think uh, I think we're going to get racing soon. I mean, that's the second sound check, I believe, that he's. It he's, is. It's the second time he sound checked it. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, it. We're going to get it. It's coming, Matt. Of racing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I I was lucky enough. I saw it in 2005, uh, but I've never seen the full band. I've never seen that coda at the end. I've been chasing that for. Well, 32 years, I've been, I've been chasing the river for 31 or 32 years. So I'm hoping it stays in the set list. Like I really want to see the river. Did yeah. you not go to any of the full album river shows? No, I did not. I never saw any. Wow. I got to see yeah. one, one. It was fantastic though. It was so great knowing that there were so many songs that you could check off your bucket list coming up. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, I saw that show in Sunrise, Florida, the Fall River. It was great. The um, do, how do you guys like the alternate racing in the street? I love it. The racing in the street '78, I think they call it. Yeah, because he he performed it. Um, I think a couple of times, and I, I just I kind of wish he would go back to that if he's going to do it. Just the. Give us a break from. I that. don't think you're ever gonna. I mean, yeah, he did it a couple times, very, very close to when they released that box set. I don't think you're ever gonna hear him do that again. You barely get to hear the 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 record version. See, I think the set list continues to morph. It's morphing a little bit more than it did, and uh, I think we're gonna see some of those uh, sound checks come to fruition. We did what we saw Lucky Town. Lucky Town replaced. There is more to talk about with the set list. Lucky Town replaced Candy's room into into uh, Kitty the other day, and yeah. uh, and that was the same day they sound checked Lucky Town <coughs> and Better Days. Lucky Town's been out there once before. Better Days has it. I think Better Days is going to see its day real soon. Uh, I think, you know, you know, I was wondering how excited I was going to be about the December shows and, uh, you know, I'm going, they're not far away. It's not going to be expensive. And I got friends on the other side of those trips, uh, uh Phoenix and, and LA, but I'm starting to get excited, you know, that we're going to see something drastically different than we saw, but like the best elements of the show that keeps going, because I could watch, Last Man Standing, Backstreets, over and over and over again. And and I could watch the... I, I miss Rosie. As much as, you know, it was the same every night when Rosie was gone, I missed her. And, uh, you know, and I, if they would mix it up some more, I wouldn't miss her as much. But if it's like Rosie or Born in the USA, I'm voting for Rosie every single time. Uh, I prefer Born in the USA. I think I do as well. Yeah, that that Rosie was getting old. All that 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 shtick they were doing. I mean, I don't want to see that crap. I don't want anyone yeah, pulling on Bruce's face. I don't like to agree with you, Tom, but I, I have to in this one. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I I'm like speechless. Rosalita. Yeah, it's not the Rosalita from 1978. It's just changed too much. It's gotten co comedic. I, I like the comedy. I love Steve, man. Steve's face. I 
puts his fingers in his ears for the rock <laughs> playing the rock and roll or yeah because your mama don't like me because i play in a rock and roll band he puts his fingers in his ears i love the shtick i keep saying if you don't love shtick this is not your band <laughs> this is not your band they love shtick uh and they they love the, the, the three stooges shtick that is here to stay i was thinking about um songs that bruce has written over the years for movies and how i feel like when he writes a song for a movie it's like always almost always great and he should just do more of that like i wrote a couple down that we don't um where is it i have it here somewhere oh, I'll stand, stand by you always that's the first one that comes to mind that's the most recent one except for the one that we've only heard from the recording in the movie theater, that most recent one. I don't even remember what that's called. Uh, Isn't that a great song? I'll, I'll Stand By You Always. I hate to admit this. I haven't heard it yet. I have oh, not you're heard kidding it. me, Matt. I know. Oh, I man. All right, well, we'll have to fix that. Because it's, yeah, it's, ama- it's an amazing song. And it's another one that reminds you that there's a... a, a a trough of great material that we just never heard. We got to hear that like a year before he released it, or maybe even two years before he released it. It finally came out on a bootleg on Jungle Land. Yeah, and we got Matt, to hear it's, it. Uh, it's from a movie that uh, was not the. I don't think. It, I don't think it did very well. Maybe uh, it was. It was a like a PG movie, very family oriented movie. Um, which it's, but it's, it's got a lot of Springsteen elements and it. it's about, it's about a guy that's a big fan of Springsteen. And uh, well, you must've song, seen the movie, Matt, you must've seen Blinded by the Light. I, wait a minute. I thought you're, I'll stand by you all. It's not that from uh, Harry Potter. No, he wrote it for Harry Potter, but it got shelved yeah. for a hundred years. And then it finally got released and played over the credits in Blinded by the Light, the movie about, the kid in Britain, the Indian kid in Britain who finds Bruce's lyrics and gets them wrong. Oh my God, of course. I love that movie. I, You know what? I, I didn't wait through it. I don't think I did. Maybe I did, it, but... It plays over the end credit. Here, let me tell you a story since we're talking about I'll Stand By You Always in that movie. That we, we had the bootleg of that song for a couple of years before the movie came out. Uh... But they made a big push when the movie came out that this unheard Bruce Springsteen song was going to be in the movie. And I went to the movie at the theater and watched the whole movie. And I'm not going to comment on the movie and whether I liked it or not. We'll talk. That's a whole other show. But it comes to the very end and the credits start rolling and Bruce starts singing this unheard song. I'd heard it, but you know what I'm saying? And the lights come up and the sound goes down and a voice comes on and says, please watch her stop walking down the aisles. And, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? You they, they're like advertising on the TV. Come see this movie with a new Bruce Springsteen song. And when it starts playing, they turn and I, you know, you, you know, this ends with me going to care into a manager, right? So I go to a, and there, there's no managers in movie theaters anymore. It's all automated and it's just kids. So I go to this kid and she's like, I said, 
you know, the whole whole thing I just told you, advertising a big Bruce Springsteen song, you turn on, and and she had an answer for me. She was like, when the credits start rolling, it's a safety issue. We have to turn the lights on because people start leaving immediately. And I was like, but the whole, and anyway, it's my stupid story about trying to hear I'll stand by you always over the credits at Blinded by the Light. Uh, finally saw it on home video <laughs> when it came home a couple months later. And uh, it's a great song. And another lost gem that took forever to see the light of day. And uh, and I'm glad we have it. And the version, I don't know if it's the same recording or not. Maybe you know, Tom, is the one that was in the movie. Is, the same recording is, is Odds and Sods. It's a little different. Actually, the first one we heard was is better than the one they released not the phonically better right it doesn't sound quite as good yeah yeah maybe they they cleaned it up a little but there's something um it's almost like uh the other song um the song we shall overcome that was released on the secret sessions is a different is not as good as the we shall overcome that i had heard years earlier on a bootleg and it's it's different it's actually a lot better and i i love the song but. I want to talk about Kelly Clarkson revealed her favorite Springsteen song this week on some talk show, or maybe it was her own talk show. She has her own talk show, right? And uh, and I also wanted to talk about this clickbait Heath Richards article that's going <laughs> around. We're going to talk about, talk about exactly what clickbait is, how it works, how they develop it, and how... It ended up making the rounds amongst Springsteen fans this week who are very upset with Keith Richards and Steve Van Zant had to come to his defense and they're all talking about an article from Rolling Stone magazine from 35 years ago. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, and I have the mind of a stoner. So what was that first thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, Kelly Clarkson. What do you think Kelly Clarkson's favorite Bruce Springsteen song is? Hmm. Let me see. She was talking about how he is underrated as a vocalist. And then she said her favorite song is a song that's not even his characteristic voice. It's very much a falsetto. And uh, oh, lift me up. It was Lift Me Up is her favorite song. And just the fact that she knows that song puts her on my, Actually, you're on right. my cool list. She makes her very cool if she, <laughs> might, if she knows Lift Me Up. I don't know anybody that knows that song. Right. <laughs> oh, come that, on. Is that true? I, that I, is true. I, that was all, uh, you know, the headline was, she was on Howard Stern. That's what it was. She was on Howard Stern. And the headline was, Kelly Clarkson praises Springsteen's voice. But if you listen to the interview or read the article, the real takeaway is her favorite song is Lift Me Up. And I thought that was I, I love that song. Me too. Wow. So do I. Absolutely. It, uh, like, that is stunning. And remember, he, he did it wow. in, uh, during the Devils and Dust tour. Yes. Yeah. A beautiful but, version, too. And now so I want to see Kelly Clarkson do it. Why the hell <laughs> hasn't he done? Why didn't he do Happy during... The Devils and Dust tour. To anger the people at BTX. Uh, Matt, you love Happy, right? That's an amazing song. Absolutely. My God. 
And what about missing? Oh, from the crossing guard? Yeah. I think that is, I think for me, other than Streets of Philadelphia, which is Streets of Philadelphia, amazing. But for me, missing, it opens up a massive, massive doorway to what we could be getting for that drum loop album, if we ever get yes. it. But that song, and I mean, the, the sequence in The Crossing Guard, and I watched The Crossing Guard just because of that song. I mean, it's a, it's a creepy, weird movie, but... Uh, I mean, Sean Penn. Miss, yeah, and Jack Nicholson and mm. Missing for me, it, uh, absolute one of my favorites of his. Love it, yeah. What it's about? So, and you're right. That's got that sound he's never done before. I remember mm. I heard it uh, some bootleg, and uh, it just became my favorite right away. And yeah, what about Dead Man Walking? What about? Oh. Are we big fans of Dead Man Walking? It was nominated for the Oscar. I have, you know, you know I love every single song, right? But, you know, if I had to rank them, Dead Man Walking is going to be like near the bottom. I can't believe that that is a, that oh, was I, I, like his Oscar nominated well, uh, song. I think it's great. I do too. I, I think the way they used it in the movie, I, I went to, again, Sean Penn again, but I went to see that movie and when they started playing that in the theater, thankfully they didn't drop the curtain and put the uh, put the Smarties ads up at that point, like they did with you, Aaron. But uh, I, I was very happy. I I love that song. Um, I think it morphed into Devils and Dust, very very much alike. Like the, I mean, the same key, same chords, uh, same sequence, everything. Vocally very different, uh, lyrically very different, but. Um, the movie uh, Dead Man Walking, yeah, would probably got way more Oscar attention than Blinded by the Light. But I think that I'll Stand by You Always deserved an Oscar nomination more than Dead Man Walking. I think I'll Stand by You Always is an amazing song, and Dead Man Walking, I don't know, it's slow and and uh, yeah, so uh, unrhythmic so and depressing. So is Streets of Philadelphia. I mean, but that's a great song. And then oh, also, and you I don't mentioned think the comparable and that one mentioned the wrestler. I um, love the wrestler. Wrestler is a great song. Yeah, yes. I would put that. I would as good as it is. I would put it probably on the bottom as far as my from if I had the least favorite to favorite movie song. I I think it's good, but it wasn't. It wasn't like Streets of Philadelphia or Missing or I'll Stand by You Always. Well, how about Light of Day? Oh, that's a great song. I mean, yeah, that's the version you played last night rocked. Oh, was that wild or what? My God. Let's talk about the movie version with Joan Jett, Michael J. Fox, and Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy, Michael McKeon, who went on to be Saul's brother on Better Call Saul and about a billion other things in between plays. He's not just in the movie. He plays guitar on the soundtrack on Lighted Day. And uh, I really like that track. I'm, I'm a big fan of Joan Chat and Michael J. Fox singing that song. I love the scene in the movie that you can see it on YouTube. And, uh, and that's uh, David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap playing guitar. Aaron, I bought the 45 when it came out. 
Like I loved it too. The Michael, the Michael it, J. Fox it. 45. The the one it was a huge it was a hit. It Joan Jet. It was it, like on the 45. I, I still I don't have it, but I can remember it was Joan Jet and uh it was light of day. I bought that and then found out that it was Bruce. Oh, you so didn't how about already that? know that it was a Bruce composition, did you? Huh? Come on, I was eleven years yeah. old. Wow, see, I, you're a little younger than me, a little bit. <laughs> he started playing it right away. You know, the movie came out and it was there. It was there on Tunnel, wasn't it? On Tunnel. Yes, it was. Absolutely, that's when it started. Great song. That's his best movie song of all the movie songs, right? Hmm. Uh, not, not, not counting not counting the director's cut of mask which has jungle land and badlands and a couple of other classics i, I think i would take all the other ones i named first uh, but it's still very good before light of day yeah i mean 100 miles 200 miles 300 miles 400 miles 500 that's miles. not that's not in the original <laughs> can you see fact, michael j fox Actually, have we ever heard a studio cut of that? A Bruce doing? Yeah. A studio Bruce doing at Light of Day? I have no, no idea. I believe he wrote it specifically for the movie. And well, uh, they recorded it. He just started doing it live. One more thing. Today, I was right. just flipping through channels, and Ricky and the Flash was on with Meryl Streep. I, I guess we needed to watch that. Guess what the second last song was? You know, Tom, I, you started with the, the movie thing. It was "My Love Will Not Let You Down." Like, no. wow, really? What's the What's the yeah. song where James Gandolfini sings "Redheaded Woman"? What? Oh, what? Dude, there is a movie. I don't know the name of it. We have to find the name. There is a movie that is like a musical movie where they do pop songs, telling the story in this movie, and James Gandolfini sings redheaded woman i shit you not why you try to kill yourself sir well brunettes are fine man blondes are fun to win it comes to getting a dirty job done, I'll take a red-headed woman. A red-headed woman. It takes a red-headed woman to get a dirty job done. Oh, I think you're shitting me. Oh, I yeah, should not. It's yeah. must, must see. Both blowing my mind right now. My love will not. Yeah, Meryl Streep singing that one. It just... I had no idea, and there it was. It's gotta go to bed, but I just can't sleep. I got something running around my head. Maybe it just won't keep. You know what song we got? I just thought of that he's never played. Thirty days out from Human Touch, Lucky Town. Ooh, yeah, great song. <laughs> Man, how the hell did he leave that off the albums? Uh, yeah. Maybe we should do like comprehensive look at the albums because I don't listen to the albums. I got to go back and listen. You know, I listen to them when they're new because they're new. It's new stuff. 
But then as soon as they start playing live, I'm, I'm into the concerts. I never, ever returned to the record. So, man, it's been a long time since I've heard anything from Human Touch or Lucky Town that wasn't played. Well, the, the best thing about that 92-93 tour is he played almost, if not every song from both albums. I mean, every night you could hear so many new songs from those albums, and he doesn't do that anymore, of course. And, and we don't almost, have quality. We don't have that much quality recording from that era. That brings me to, I want you guys to tell me what worst song or songs that Bruce has ever written. What'd you say, worst songs? Yeah. Why you always go to gotta go down this path? Well, after <laughs> this, we're gonna, after this, we'll go to his best songs. Miami Steve Van Zant, Little Steven once tweeted, "There is no best in art," and I think that goes for worst too. I, I mean, I'm gonna name one. You're gonna go, oh, that doesn't count because it's a cover. I can't even think of one he wrote. All right. Well, I don't like, oh, The Angel. I have never been a huge fan of the debut album song, The Angel. I don't think that I'm going to be like, you know, controversial in that. I I love it. We said, we've talked about this before. I know that you like The Angel. And uh, and I think Matt likes it also. But I, I would say if I had to pick one that he wrote, that he wrote, I mean, Matt, I, I love Reno. You like Reno? Yeah. I like you Reno. like Reno. I see. I, I would have pegged you for a Reno hater. No, I love almost. I think everything on Devils and Dust is good. Um, funny, you, funny you said pegged for Reno. Actually, I've got my Devils. I, I had it last <laughs> week. It, I don't know if you can read it. It's it's a Devils and Dust mug. Did you get that at the tour? Yeah, my brother gave it to me. Um, from the tour, though. This one he gave me also. This is from the, the Rising Tour. It says 2003, I believe. Wow. Is that, that's the, that's an Asbury, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure. What, it's like a truck with. That's a it's truck. A, it's oh, I see. Street Band Tour 2003. <laughs> I thought it was the. That truck was hauling the audio equipment that was wasting its fucking time. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt, do you have a song? Um, can you think of one that you you, th- you believe is probably one of the worst he's ever written and released? I. Uh... All right, how about this? I'll name a couple that I wrote down. You guys just tell me what you think of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this might be number one. I didn't actually number them, but Jersey Jersey Devil. Oh, come on. That's amazing. And when that video came out, that was phenomenal. I love that. Aaron? I, I sit through it every Halloween. I mean, it's like not one that I like. You know, when people say, hey, what Bruce song represents Bruce? I was like, I don't run no, to the Jersey but- Devil, but I'll share it on my Facebook on October 31st. <laughs> when that Matt, came out, gotta... when that came out, it was a surprise and it was like, is this for real? And then you watch that. I love that. And I watch what it a... every Halloween. Um, okay. And um, well, I mentioned it before, Wrecking Ball. What do you got against Wrecking Ball? 
Tell me what you got yeah. against it. I'll tell just, you what I like about it. Just read the lyrics. I mean, come on. It's it's self-explanatory. All right. Uh, how about the Honeymooners? With Jackie Gleason? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ruffy boy. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, all right. No comment on that one, huh? All right. Um, oh, I don't even know what album is that on? I don't know the Honeymooners. Tracks. That's on tracks? Wow. Because I, of all the studio stuff, I'd say I probably listen to tracks the most. Probably in the order of the number that they are. Like, I, I listen to disc one the most, disc two the second most, disc three. And I don't know if it's because I prefer those albums or if it's because it's really fucking long and I always start at the beginning and I never make it to the end. <laughs> what about part man, part monkey? Love part man, part monkey. As a devout atheist, it's my theme song. Yeah, it's still got to be the wor- one of the worst ones, though. Oh, Tom. I was in a pool hall with a guy that uh, hated Springsteen, thought it was just completely useless. And somebody, probably me, put that on the jukebox. It, it, was, a, it was a B-side to something. And sure. they, had this, they had this jukebox. I put it on. And I look at the guy and he starts, he's nodding his head and he's liking it, (laughs) you know, and I go, you know who that is, right? He goes, no, I have no idea. I said, that's Bruce. He goes, oh, okay. So he's got, he goes, so he's got one good song then. Okay. then." (laughs) That's funny. That was a beat. That was a B side of what? Yeah. I came out, I I believe during Tunnel of Love. Absolutely. He played it. He played it on Tunnel. That's where we first heard it. And it was on, it was on tracks, but I don't, I mean, I can't say I wasn't a guy who would spend a lot of extra money. So if I had an album, I didn't run out and buy the single that was already on the album. So I didn't get a lot of B sides, you know, not until Napster. Napster, I got all the B's. When Napster came out, I got all the B sides. I want to say it was brilliant disguise, but maybe not. I'll, I'll look it up. But uh, I did have it, and I never listened to it on that B-side, but I sure did when it came out on tracks. I listened to it a ton. I love it. What happened is I'm going to look it up, and then I'll put above your head whether you were right or wrong. Okay. You should do that. Um, That's that's what I do. Some of the best best ones come out on B-sides, like 30 Days Out, like I mentioned earlier. Um, What about Jack of All Trades? I have a feeling you guys like these songs, but... I like Jack of All Trades. I liked it live. I wouldn't say like if if I went to go see that show again and because he only played it on that tour, right? Is that Wrecking Ball? Mm-hmm. Is that Wrecking Ball? Yes, it was. Uh, so if I went back to see one more Wrecking Ball show and I was still a smoker, which I'm no longer a smoker, but that back then it was guaranteed that nowadays I got to go pee. So I still leave. I still leave the show at least one time to go do something. Although I can pee very quickly and cigarette smoking took, you had to get to the place where you could smoke. You had to smoke and then you had to get back to your seat. You could miss a lot. And I think that if I had to go smoke, I would go again during Jack of all trades. And I might've gone to smoke during Jack of all trades, but that's (laughs) not to say 
that I don't like Jack of all trades, just that, you know, I had to make a decision. So one song had to go. I had to smoke. I had to get my, my well, smoke. Well, you should on. do, you should do what I do. Just, just, um, just go. Don't, don't actually leave the show. <laughs> just pee in your spot. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot easier if you're in the pit. You mm-hmm. joke about that, but you have no idea how many people really do that. It's not um, a joke. I hope it's a joke. I hope none of my co-hosts are the kinds of people that do that. But I've been to a lot of shows and I've run into a lot of situations. Write this down because we don't have time to talk about it tonight. But ask me about the tent at Woodstock. Woodstock 95. What was the first reunion Woodstock? Not the one where the fire. But 94. Ask me about Woodstock 94 on the next show, the tent. And I'll tell you all about it. That's a great story. Uh, we don't have time for it today. I want to talk about Keith Richards. I didn't think we were going to talk about this. You didn't seem to want to, but uh, hey. What, the Keith I, Richards? I do want to talk about it. It was making the rounds today. People were yeah. tweeting it and retweeting it. And Steve Van Zandt got involved. He did. Defended Keith Richards. Nobody really came along and said, you're defending something he said. 35 years ago yeah because it was total clickbait somebody needs lots and lots of clicks so they put on their bloggish website they put uh a headline that says what's his name keith Keith richards Richards. finds bruce springsteen pretentious right keith richards said bruce springsteen is pretentious and they make it sound like he said it like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you have to read the article to find out that he said it to Rolling Stone magazine in 1988. And with a bunch of other stuff about how much he likes Bruce. He's a good chap, mate. But I think a band should play 20 minutes. Okay, 20 minutes. That's None of that's in the headline. But that's all that matters is the headline because, because people don't read the they. They must click it or it wouldn't be worth anything to the guy who puts it out, right? They have to click it. But nobody who shares it is clicking it. It gets shared by people who just want to comment on the headline. And that is what we saw. And even Steve was commenting on the headline. Because Steve came along and said, Keith Richards and the Rolling Stones, they are gods to us and i can speak for bruce when i say that he can say whatever he wants about us and hold whatever opinion and you're never going to hear a bad thing out of our mouths about him and it was a great response but what his real response should be is you know i've had dinner with keith richards about a hundred times in the last 35 years and you know i don't know why you're why is this clickbait in my feed but I think that he felt, you know, he's very quick to respond without looking to see what he's responding to. Also, he is as guilty as anybody else. And he responded, which I thought was a good response to a headline that was being sent by Bruce fan after Bruce fan to like say, who the hell is he? And the Rolling Stones haven't put out a good album. And, you know, the Rolling Stones are prolific. There is nothing bad you can say about the Rolling Stones. There's nothing bad you can say about the Rolling Stones. They are Richards. they toured this year. They're all 150. Keith Richards that is was, a god. He can say whatever. 
That's right. And then Steve had the best answer. <laughs> and and the fans, once again, man, you can always you can always count on the fans to be absolutely wrong and angry. Who the hell is he the is? Bruce is so much better. You know me. It was of me. Of course, I it was Bruce me. Is better. Yeah, you were. You jumped in there too. You replied, and to I said. I was the one that said, well, Keith hasn't put out, or the Stones haven't put out a good album in 50 years. So, yeah, now, it was me. I was on it. A conversation and for another then, day, Matt, but you need to hear some of the last 20 years of Rolling Stones albums because you know what? Uh, They're pretty good. Yeah, Voodoo good Lounge. About a bigger Voodoo band. Lounge is like over 20 years. Voodoo and Lounge that's a great more album. More than 20 years ago. Yeah, and it's a great but album. In the last 20 years, they've done like six great albums. Pick well, up that a blues one was good. Five. I don't remember the names of all of them because I'm not a huge Rolling Stone fan who, Damn. you know, listens to them all the time and they play the same hits. People complain about Bruce's set list. They play the same hits over and over again and they are prolific. They have a million songs that they never play. And uh, but whenever they put out a new album, I listen to it a couple times because it's always good. Yeah, it is. Oh, so a couple of his other worst written songs. Uh, this is your sword, Outlaw Pete, and Good Eye. Stop, Good Eye. I would, I'd like to listen to it again before I comment. I guess I've never been a huge Good Eye fan or anything. I can't sing along to it. Uh, I don't even think it's really got a sing along cadence to it. Uh, not Outlaw Pete, because we're going to talk about that in a second. What was the other one? Um. Oh, this is your sword. I like this is your sword. I didn't like the video, the conceptual video thing that he did. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a little a little weird and uh, didn't like I don't watch it or anything. It's not. It's, uh, you but probably you've probably told live. me. You probably told me before, but what, what was your first show? First show I went to. Pontiac Silverdome 85, the big stadium, second leg of the Glory of the USA Tour. Okay. In an indoor stadium, 70th row on the main floor after sleeping out in front of a bookstore. Hundreds of people sleeping in front of this bookstore. I was probably seventh or eighth in line. I got row 70 on the floor. Couldn't see shit. Couldn't see the screens. The sound in the Pontiac Silverdome was like wrapping your head or with like 20 blankets you everything was so muffled it sounded it's like i didn't i i went and saw a show at 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 joe lewis arena in 1988 the one that's on nugs uh i could call that my first show because that silver dome show you couldn't see it you couldn't hear it i was there I barely remember and, it. I have a mediocre tape of it. I've tried to listen to it. Sorry. If they uh, if they invent time travel, which show would you go to? Or what? Can if I you only go to one? Can I only go to one? It has to be one. If you can't name it a particular show, it could just be a tour. It could be. My favorite recording of all time is the bomb scare, <laughs> the Milwaukee bomb scare. I think it's February of 75. Um, and uh, but I love so much in 75. I'd love to go to one of those bottom line shows or the the Bryn Mawr, the famous Bryn Mawr. I'd like to stand by the door and see if I could figure out what the hell that siren is. 
<laughs> I, I, there's a lot. There's a lot of shows. If I could, if I could get a time machine, I would not go and try to fix the ills of history. I would go to Springsteen and Grateful Dead shows. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I would probably go to the 94 Woodstock and I would go to the original. I went to the 94 Woodstock. That's going to be a topic coming up on. Uh, we're going to talk about my Obsessed. adventure at 94 Woodstock and the uh, the tent story. It's very important because you'll go. You want to tell me the 94 Woodstock story? I'll go. Which story? There's a billion 94 Woodstock stories. None of them are that great. But the tent, if you go to the tent story, go, oh, yeah. The fucking 10 story. Okay, I'll tell you that story. What did you think of the 99 Woodstock? I didn't go to the 99 Woodstock. I'm glad I wasn't there. They burned it down, didn't they? They burned it down because a bottle of water was $12 or something. Okay. <laughs> That's what happened, well, right? Isn't that what happened? I guess I'll have to say goodbye for Matt. Yeah, Matt didn't, uh, didn't make it back. I'll put up his picture. But... Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's another uh, another one of the world's greatest Springsteen podcasts. I think we're at episode five. This one is going up on all the platforms. And if it gets one download, I'll put the backlog up too. But uh, I'm just learning how to do it. And we're going to get them up. It's going to be on Apple Music and all of them. And we'll see if anybody wants to listen to the world's greatest Springsteen podcast. And... Uh, uh until next week i am fisherman the bootlegger who pays the highest price tom say good night night everyone thanks for watching and uh, you said you'd like to say good night for maddie so if you want to say good night for maddie yeah yeah uh good night from canada from matt i'm sure whatever it's doing it's important and we'll see you next week on all the major podcasting platforms. And you can listen to these shows without having to see us. We love you. We'll be seeing you.